Join founder of I Am a Watchman Ministries, Scott Townsend, with co-host Dylan Burroughs, bringing you a fascinating discussion regarding the importance of Bible prophecy and Christian living today as it relates to our responsibility as believers to be watchmen. This is A View from the Wall. Welcome to A View from the Wall. This is Dylan Bros, along with I Am A Watchman founder Scott Townsend. And today we have a special guest with us named Casper McLeod. He has an amazing testimony. As we talk with Casper today, I want you to know he is a Bible prophecy conference speaker, a noted writer about the Shroud of Turin, and pastor at Upper Room Fellowship in the Atlanta, Georgia area. Some of you may even recognize the name Casper McCloud from his musical career that we'll talk about later, but we're excited to have you with us, Pastor Casper, and thanks for being here with us on the program today. Well, I'm absolutely delighted to be here, and just thank you for this opportunity to uh, speak with you and your audience today. Well, it's a blessing to have you with us, and as we begin, I want you to share with our listeners some of your personal testimony about how you became a believer, and further, how you became a watchman and interested in Bible prophecy. You know, I think normal Christianity is to imitate Christ. And the Lord Jesus certainly was radical. And so, you know, to me, being on fire for the Lord is normal Christianity. I mean, I, it, it, I find it interesting that statistically, um, a lot of Christians have never led anybody into salvation, um, haven't prayed for people to be healed. And I, I think there's something terribly wrong with that equation. I mean, obviously, if we want to, walk and water, we're going to have to get out of the boat, right? Given this ministry of reconciliation, and um, when you really think about it, it really takes a moment to pray in faith, you know, trust the Lord, the, the blessed, the heal, the restore people that you encounter everywhere you go, and I think finding out how much Jesus truly loves you helps us understand how much God loves everybody else. Um, I've got a documentary on um, YouTube. And I had this amazing um, experience with the Lord that just really changed my perceptions of reality back in 2001. I was just after I got ordained uh, as a minister. There was a doctor and, and a nurse that validated in the middle of the church service. Um, I stopped having a heartbeat. There was a pastor there that commanded in the almighty name of Jesus that I, I'd come back. And um, it was a pretty extraordinary experience. Um, having a miraculous thing like that happen. And I've never had any reference point for something like that to happen, but I've seen a lot of amazing things happening since. And that particular moment really got me um, studying about things like epigenetics, how our mind works, as well as, you know, what's going on in, in end time prophecies and things. And I know you mentioned I, I wrote several books on the shrouds and uh, that was another indicator. One of my mentors was a, a musician named Phil Keggy, who basically led me to the Lord many, many years ago. And um, right after my friend Phil Keggy was sharing about Jesus with me, um, I, I was an art student, and uh, I came across a, a Shroud poster, and it was just fascinating. I started reading about it since back in the 70s. I, I was absolutely convinced looking at the, the evidence that this, in fact, um, is the burial cloth of Christ. In fact, in my last book, which is... Uh, on, on the Shroud called Spiritual Encounters with the Shroud. I, it's really fascinating. There's a the, the team of uh, scientists in Italy that led some of the, the, the research on the DNA testing for gender to confirm that sort of thing. Um, and they just found that, um, you know, obviously if the Lord Jesus issue was born fully male, that would mean he'd have a, 
um, an SRY gene. However, the research has found that the SRY gene, instead of being in the Y chromosome, is inserted into a location that would not normally you wouldn't find it um, with two X chromosomes and positive from Mary. So, I mean, I think we've got conclusive proof here. Um, not to go quite long into an explanation here, but if the X chromosome is present and there's no evidence of the Y chromosome, that's really what you'd expect in a, the signature virgin birth. Uh, I think that's absolutely amazing with all the other evidence as well that we've got this image that is most um, analyzed artifact in the world um, and science is still quite mystified by it all. Um, I, I think it's showing here is the physical proof. Anybody doubts that this really happened, that he paid for all our sins, made it all possible for us. Here is physical proof. Oh, that's a fascinating story. And I know a lot of people are interested in the shroud and the research on it. And it's fascinating to see what you've done on that. But we want to switch topics a little bit here now and, and get Scott involved in sharing a little bit about this topic of being a watchman for the Lord. So, Scott, get us started on this topic, if you would, today. Be happy to. Uh, welcome to the show, Pastor Casper. It's been uh, a wonderful time. We met each other at the Here at the Watchman conference uh, earlier in the year, and that was a delight to hear your music. Uh, uh, actually, you're a fantastic musician. My question is, uh, you know, that Watchmen come from all walks of life. We have a Watchman contacts at the I Am a Watchman ministry here in over 130 countries right now. Fewer than 10% are actually what we would consider to be ministry professionals. In other words, people like pastors, missionaries, and other Christian ministry leaders. Most watchmen are just everyday Christians who believe the rapture is coming soon and seek to finish well. Talk to our audience a little bit about what it means to be a watchman, and secondly, what exactly watchmen do for the Lord? Well, excellent question. In the role of a watchman, is not limited to just speaking about, you know, the sins and the problems in society, watchmen's in charge of proclaiming the good news, the, the, the glorious um, gospel, the salvation, and tells us back in Ezekiel, um, I think chapter 33, about that the watchmen see the sword coming, doesn't warn the people, that the Lord's going to, you know, require his blood at the watchman's hand. The Lord tells us, he's, you know, set the watchmen up on the walls, and they won't keep silent day and night. We, we need to warn people what's coming. And, and right now, I mean, it, we are living in unprecedented times. The, the, the world that many of us grew up with is no longer the same world anymore. There, there's all kinds of managed agendas. Um, all the in-time scenarios are playing out right in front of us. I wrote a book called Unmasking the Future, where I shared a uh, great deal of information about this coming great deception. I mean, we are watching prophecy unfolding at an evolving rate. Um, so I, I think that's really an important time to, to you know, alarm the people, just like um, you had in America. You had uh, Paul Revere riding through, you know, uh, um, calling people out of their homes in the middle of the night, setting the alarm that uh, the British are coming, right? So here we are at a, at a similar scenario. Uh, I think people, are, the watchmen, are, are crying out with an alarm that you need to get right with the Lord. Um, there's people walking around it, you know, that, that are in church, and, and yet they, they entertain unforgiveness in their hearts. Here, let me jump in here, Pastor Casper, if I can. Um, we, this is such fascinating material, but we need to take a quick break and come back. So okay. stick with us. We'll be right back at A View from the Wall.
We're back. This is Dylan Burroughs with Scott Towns, and we're talking with Casper McCloud about his work as a watchman from the wall. Uh, Pastor McCloud, it is interesting that uh, many things are occurring right now in dramatic and accelerated fashion, almost like birth pangs, as we know. One of the things that just really caught my attention was I was watching Pastor Tom Hughes at 412 Church down in California there, who's also been a guest on our show, and his New Year's Eve uh, sermon that he did, his prophecy update for the year, where he showed footage of killer drones, for example, that had artificial Mm -hmm. intelligence involved and shaped explosives. It was very frightening to see how that type of advanced technology could actually explain how, uh, you know, post-tribulation saints could be martyred in such great numbers. And I have to tell you, I agree completely that the technology and all of the other events, social-wise and the anarchy that's occurring right now, is falling exactly into place, don't you think? Absolutely. I mean, everything is going according to the way the Lord said it was going to happen. And I've actually been warning our church for a long time about things like advances of artificial intelligence and transhumanism and how the transgender um, movement is is embedded in that thing. We've got companies like IBM that are actively working on brain implants, brain mapping, uh, brain hacking, just the way they would hack into a website. So they're desiring in the near future to have everybody upgrade uh, with a computer chip in their heads. And, and you just think how many people have already been programmed to willingly uh, go for an idea like that, bypassing the use of you know, physical computers connected to the, the Internet, which is like, you know, today's modern Tower of Babel. Um, so you can access, you know, simply by merging your thoughts with artificial intelligence. And, I mean, I've talked to people like at Harvard University, uh, um, friends there, here, there that um, they're excited about They, they want an implant. They, they, they think, you know, these people are, are very scholarly brilliant people to begin with, but now they want to like access all the information in the world. And I think it's probably the ultimate game here is um, convince people to upgrade their consciousness into some sort of software. You've got companies like IBM, DARPA, that are in the process of digitally mapping the human brain. They're sorting out um, how is this going to flow with flesh and blood? I mean, how, what's the long-term um, reaction to hardware implants inside the, the brain? So these kind of, you know, IBM's advances in uh, cognitive computing, it's been demonstrated. But they had, you know, a few years ago, you had that thing, they make uh, a computer called Watson that uh, was able to win against the uh, Japanese greatest champions, right? I mean, this is a this is reality for us today. And that is an excellent segue over to the mind, because as you've said, uh, you teach a lot about the mind and how the enemy targets the way that we think. Um, a watchman's focus at this time is so critical because there are darts and there's distraction of worldliness, there's false doctrine and subtle and sometimes not so subtle deception. Sometimes it seems like we're getting attacked from all sides. How can watchmen guard against these types of attack, Pastor? Well, you know, the Lord tells us to take every thought captive to be to Christ. And sadly, most churches don't seem to be teaching anything on it. Um, I, from my studies, and I showed in my book, what was I thinking? Um, we got like 30,000 to 70,000 thoughts a day. 
So I'm supposed to take each one of those captive? Well, yeah, because if you don't take those thoughts captive, they're going to take you captive. So, And I reckon if the Lord Jesus is the great physician and we're his ambassadors, we ought to at least have a wee bit of understanding of this thing works. So all our thoughts, are, they're incredibly powerful and, and, and our bodies can only respond to the chemicals produced in them, which are released from our thought life. So you got these unclean spirits, these are real invisible uh, demonic spirits that are trying to influence you, trying to trigger strongholds that are built up in, with all those trillions of thoughts you've got, you built over a lifetime. So especially thoughts that, um, even the ones that we're not conscious of, uh, unless they're triggered. So our, our conscious mind's operating at a much slower rate than our, our unconscious mind. And whereas the, the unconscious mind is extraordinarily fast, um, some of the researchers in the field of epigenetics are claiming we've got over 400 billion actions per section. But now think about it. God is in control. No question about it. But he's not in control of your thought life. That's part of your freedom of choice. So I've been teaching about this, preaching about this for years. Now think about it. If 98% of all sicknesses and diseases, according to the, the secular medical researchers, is what goes on in your thought life. Well, hallelujah, the 98% of sicknesses and diseases can be cured by putting on the mind of Christ, seeing things from the heavenly perspective, right? First Corinthians 2.16. So by daily practicing this, just like you learn to practice an instrument, get better at it as you practice daily, you know, not allowing yourself to be offended. I mean, the moment you forgive somebody, um, you enter in a place of holiness. You do what Jesus did, forgive, extend mercy, grace, and love, help restore help heal all that come across your path. It's been scientifically proven. And when you meditate on the Word of God, Proverbs 4, 20, 23, meditate all the day, all the night, you can secrete healthy chemicals like serotonin, dopamine, the endorphins, the aquilaclins, and it's going to help healing to happen in your body. Again, it starts in your thought life. So you can't just let, you know, a, a city with its walls broken down, anything can come in and out as it pleases, right? We, we have to keep our minds guarded. We have, to, we have to be in the Word of God and get in the Word of God and the Word of God stays in you. Amen? Amen. Well, that's a good way to put it, Pastor Casper. And we've covered so many topics. But in our next segment, I'm excited to talk a little bit about your musical background where you have this a concept or a musical style that many call messianic worship. So we want to address that when we come back. But I also am excited to hear your take on what you would say to the Watchmen community as we enter 2019. Both of these topics are coming up, so stick with us. You won't want to miss it. We'll be right back on A View from the Wall. The red dragon rides deep waves. NASA covers up hidden graves. False messiahs of the airwaves. Misbehave. Sending Welcome back to A View from the Wall, and we're talking with Pastor Casper today about some of his insights on being a watchman for the Lord. But one thing that many of our listeners may not know is that he is a gifted musician with a musical style that many call messianic worship. Uh, he also has a new album called Revelation Rocker. So for our listeners, tell us a little bit about what Messianic worship is, about your album Revelation Rocker, so we can know what it is and where to find it. Well, I, I think Johann Sebastian Bach said it probably best. He said the aim and final end of all music should be none other than the glory of God, the refreshment of the soul. Um, I had a real... Um, strange background in music as far as I had classical music um, in my life as well as 
being a rock and roller kind of guy. Um, but people would come and tell me my, my songs are like, um, had revelations in them. And so that's obviously where we've got the idea revelations rocker. And it's, it's all for the purpose of God. I mean, God's got a variety, you know, of things he likes. I mean, we've got all different fingerprints, even though now that science is not coming up with um, its own synthetic fingerprints, but that's another story. But music, um, no matter what style, no matter what gender, it, it, all around the world, it, it's got an emotional power, you know, musically, universally felt, maybe multi-universally felt. So um, I, I think in terms of, Worshipping the Lord and all these gone. When you look up at the sky at night and you see the vastness of the, the sky and the universe, and you think, um, how is this possible? I mean, every every atom. Um, so we, we understand that each person is, you know, plus you, with your brain filled with those nerves and axons, the dendrites, the all the chemicals, causing the synapses, the firing off where your, your atoms and light are connected. You have to have light with every thought. And I find that so amazing. Um, there's actually... Um, a branch of science called um, aphrogenetics, which is about controlling the brain with light. And so, you know, you turn in, uh, go into a dark room, it could be pitch black, right? And you turn on the light and, and it just destroys darkness. It just, you know, God's light destroys evil. So it's a technique where newer sciences are, they're looking at light-sensitive proteins and um, introduce specific types of, you know, in, in the brain that monitor and control that sort of thing, kind of like, um, I guess uh, a bad analogy, you know, the guys on, uh, at the airport that are um, tell, telling the, the airplane to take off and come in this way, you know, when you're loading people on. But um, it's really fascinating to me with the see of this. The brain lights up under these brands, the brain scans like the um, functional magnetic resonance imaging. And it, again, it's like this in a nanosecond, all this intricate stuff's happened that's interrelated um, astonishing fast sequences and musicians' brains kind of work that way um, according to the, the researchers the last number of years. Um, they're saying, you know, musicians have a, a unique way where they're, they're all the areas of the, their brain functions are, are lighting up. Um, I think if that's actually true, then musicians probably wouldn't have paved the way into so many erroneous ways of life like immoral sex, drugs, and rebellion. But that's probably another story. Um, my, my point here is that light is needed and scriptures enlighten us about light, right? So this John um, 1, 5, this then is the message we have heard of him and declared unto you that God is light and in him there's no darkness at all. So um, I, I, I find music is, is just a, a wonderful way to express um, our, our love, you know, the, the God, the all the glory. So that's what it's all for me is just um, getting out, whether there's a crowd or not. I mean, I'm just going to play for the Lord regardless. Amen. We see an increase in signs and wonders in these last days, Pastor McLeod, uh, both legitimate biblical moves of the Holy Spirit and in some places where the enemy causes confusion when he imitates God's work in healing and miracles. How can watchmen and all Christians discern what is of God, capital G, and what is not? Well, it's an excellent question. I, I think, um, you know, it says Confess your faults to one another and pray for one another that we be healed. The effectual fervent prayers of a righteous man avails much, right? So if, if we say we haven't sinned, you know, the Lord says, like, this, John, you know, we're a liar and the truth is not in us. I mean, we've all messed up at times, right? And, and here we're supposed to 
going for one another and, and pray to one another. It says in John 14, 12, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he believe the works that I do shall he do also greater works than he shall he do because it goes on the Father. And he goes on to talk about um, whatever we ask in his name is going to do that the Father be glorified in the Son. Um, in, the, in the bottom line there is, if, if Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commandments. So I, I've seen extraordinary things happen over the years. Um, I said, give you a quick testimony. I had a, a, a lady that was um, getting her doctorate in uh, epigenetics. And we were having conversations and she showed up one day on crutches. And I said, what, what happened to you? And she said, I just came from the doctors. I, I broke my foot. So I said, well, let me pray for you. And she came from a socialist country. And she said, well, you know, I, I don't believe that stuff. And I looked at her and said, my faith trumps her unbelief. So I just didn't ask for permission. I just put my hand on her foot and I prayed for her. And she seemed astounded. She said, the pain suddenly left. Well, that was a Friday. On Monday, I saw her. She's not walking with crutches. She's walking normal. And I went, what happened? She goes, well, I just came to the doctors and they said there's something wrong with the x-ray machine because there's no break in my foot. And I looked at her and said, now that you know my Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth is real, what do you want to do about it? And I had the privilege of leading her into salvation, the doorway of the building. Wow. She came to our church. She got water baptized, gave her a Bible, you know, threw her away. But the church needs to step up to it. Now, you know, the other part of this equation is this false line signs and wonders going on right now. And it says, you know, test the spirits to see if they're of God or not. Um, one way to test the spirit, I've told my church countless times, is put the name of Jesus after everything you're saying. Like, well, um, I'm such a loser in Jesus' name, right? Well, that doesn't line up with the word of God. You know that's from the wrong kingdom, right? Um, if, you, if you harmonize it with something God's actually said, you know, that, that makes sense. So we, we've got to go with the word of God, trust him for everything, because, I mean, nothing's impossible with God. Pastor McLeod, this has been a fascinating and illuminating conversation for sure, and uh, we typically have a tradition where we ask our guests to speak directly into the Watchman community, both to provide encouragement and uh, inspiration as they have a very difficult calling. What would you like to say to our Watchmen as we are fully into 2019 at this point? I think it's imperative that people get the heart to it. You, you, you cannot. I, I've seen people in the churches that have unforgiveness towards people they, they don't like for whatever reason they've been offended. Well, the Lord says if you don't forgive others, he cannot forgive you. If he cannot forgive you, how is he going to bless and heal you and restore you? So this is imperative, right? We, we, and time is running out. Um, the enemy is stepping up his game. He knows his time is short. Most of the churches have blinders on, like, you know, a, a horse that doesn't, you know, they don't want them to see anything scary around them. You know, I, I think what's going to happen is, um, like in Revelation, it says men seeking death and shall not find it. They'll desire to die and, and death shall flee from them. I think the day is coming and is here with the, the futurists, the transhumanists. They, they're going to achieve immortality without God. They're going to eternally regret it. So, you know, the Lord tells us about the, the fields, the wheat and the tares, and he explains it to us. Um, now's the time. The harvest is plenty and the workers are few. Everyone in, in the church, everyone who's, who's a professing believer, you, you really need to seek first his kingdom, his righteousness, and all these things that you need are going to be added on. You need to share Christ the God be in love with the world. Yeah, so I love those words, to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And as you mentioned, we are in unprecedented times. 
And to all of our listeners, we want you to know we appreciate you. And we want you to leave a comment where you've listened to this broadcast or find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at I Am A Watchman. I also want to mention that you can get more information below where you listen to this program about Casper and his ministry. So please check that out as well. And we look forward to joining you next time on A View from the Wall. A View from the Wall, in association with I Am a Watchman Ministries, exists to equip a worldwide audience with biblical truth, sharing it with others, and being prepared for Christ's imminent return. The team seeks to encourage, inspire, and equip Watchmen for such a time as this. For information about the ministry and upcoming events, visit IamAWatchman.com. A View from the Wall is made possible by the team of dedicated pastors, editors, and the many contributors of I Am A Watchman Ministries. To support our efforts, give online at IamAWatchman.com and click on the Donate button. Thanks for listening, and join us again next time on A View from the Wall.